You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Sidney Johnson, Bob Usler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. And we welcome you back to another edition of Open Court with Sidney Johnson and Joe DeSantis. And I'm Bob Usler, and we are pleased to be joined uh, this week by uh, the Stags Junior Guard, uh, by way of the state of Colorado, Landon Talaferro will be joining us in just a second. In fact, we got to get him on here quickly because he has some work to do that we'll explain in a moment. But first, let's check in with uh, Coach. And, uh, Sydney, this was an important win as we talked to you the day after you defeated Niagara to get your first MAC win, your first home win. From a mental standpoint, how important was it for the Stags to get that win over Niagara considering what had happened against Ryder and against Iona? I think it was very important just because uh, the challenge for us was playing two good halves, you know, against Iona, against Ryder. I thought we were playing very good basketball. Um, obviously, we came up short, um, too, turn- too many turnovers, and we got out-rebounded, you know. So that, that's the fact of the matter. But I thought we were playing really, really good ball. Um, and so we lost our focus or, or just that, that ability to kind of close it out to be frank. So against Niagara, we did that. You know, we played two good halves. Uh, We weren't perfect, but we were definitely able to kind of carry it through, um, you know, minute to minute. And I think for that, it's it's validating because that's what we've been reinforcing or talking about with the guys. They stuck to it and we were able to uh, get our first MAC win, and, and we feel like we can continue to play good basketball and, and, and hopefully uh, have continued success. Yeah, one, one quick follow-up on that. Did you notice an extra focus in the second half against Ni- Niagara considering, you know, what had happened in the second half of the I, previous games? Bob, what, I want, what I noticed is we're learning. I mean, to yep. be honest, we're learning, we're learning, we're learning. We spent a lot of time, if you, if you go back to the Iona game, and the uh, the one possession where they took the lead, we spent a lot of time uh, talking about that and showing it to the guys and analyzing it. Um, and it speaks for itself. You know, they, they executed and they made some things happen. They made some plays, to be honest, within that play. And we didn't. And it's something we've been stressing and talking about and talking about and talking about. And, I, and we, we just have to learn in those moments. Um, and I thought uh, it definitely saw that, that they, you know, kind of understood uh, where we came up short in a way that we can uh, potentially control. And I thought that we looked to do that uh, against Niagara again in two halves. All right. Uh, we mentioned we have Landon Talaferro with us, and uh, he's on a little bit of a tight schedule here. So let's uh, get him in. And uh, here's the really tough first question, Landon. Kay. How do you properly pronounce your last name? Um, it's uh, Taliaferro. Talia Farrow. Okay, yeah. Joe, we have just, I'm glad we asked the question because we often get asked by other broadcasters and we have been getting it actually wrong the whole time. <laughs> now, you have an uncle who played in the NFL and yeah. is well known to uh, some fans in this area because he was the quarterback yep. who was the quarterback who came before Joe Namath. Joe Namath, yeah. So yeah. a lot of people know uh, Mike, was it Talia Farrow or was Talia it? Talia Farrow, yeah. Okay, yeah, back then because. There are actually pronunciations of his There's, name online that are wrong as well. Yeah, well, I think he pronounces it a little different, um, but, you know, it kind of depends on where you're at in the in the country, but, yeah. So, obviously, there's some athletic genes in, in your family. Uh, how did you end up here at Fairfield Division One basketball, taking the route through junior college? When did it first occur to you that, hey, listen, I have the ability to be a Division One basketball player? Um. 
probably I think uh, I've always had that dream so it's always been something I've been working towards and uh, I've always just kind of believed that that's where I was going to end up and I think that kind of helped me end up there obviously so it's just but I think uh, my second my sophomore year when it started to pick up I, I thought oh, okay I think this is going to happen. Did uh, you have real. Division One offers coming out of high school before you went to Laramie Junior College? Uh, no, I did not. I had um, a D2 offer. Um, they were a really good D2 school, and I was going to go visit. But my mom actually had an injury, so we couldn't, uh, we couldn't make the drive up there. And so then uh, they gave my scholarship money to two other junior college guys, and so then I decided to go to JUCO. And so it all worked out well in the end. You say. just mentioned your mom. Tell us about your parents. Uh, we mentioned your uncle and uh, obviously yep. a great athlete. What about your mom and dad? Um, well, uh, my dad passed away when I was 12, unfortunately. Um, and my mom, she's a Pilates teacher. Um, and she's kind of a health food nut. I, I love her to death. And she gives me so much advice. And she's there for me every day. So um, she's, uh, in, uh, yeah, she's just living in Boulder and uh, doing her thing. So. Was it tough for her to watch her son come east? Uh, yeah, I think it, it was tough because in junior college I was about an hour and a half away so I could come home on the weekends and, and hang out. But now it's, uh, it's only FaceTime and phone calls and texts. So. Um, and she gets down here whenever she can. She, she might come down for her birthday and all that. So yeah. she, was, she was definitely thrilled about those three games out in Seattle. Yeah, she know? was there. She was <laughs> cheering in the She stands, was cheering yeah. loud and, and proud of her boy. And yeah. uh, they have a, a great relationship. It's fun to see uh, the guys when they're around their family. And uh, uh, like I said, she was, she was happy we were out that way. Coach, how did uh, Landon come to your attention? You know, uh, well, you, you guys all remember Farron, who's, a, you know, obviously an impact player for us, and he decided to transfer. And, uh, you know, we knew that, um, you know, shooting is just so important to us. And, uh, you know, the, the system we play, um, uh, you know, the, the pace and the reliance on the three-point shot. And so we said, you know, let's make sure that we uh, get another guy who can help us out. We knew we had Calvin coming uh, board, and we wanted to make sure we had a bevy of options. Um, so, uh, we, you know, we looked into some junior college stuff and some high school senior stuff. And uh, a guy that we really trust um, gave us a, a really, really good evaluation of Landon. Two days later, I was on a plane to go see him. Uh, class act kid. Um, loved talking to him. Uh, his mom was phenomenal on the phone. And I really liked his junior college coaches, too. Both of them were excellent head coach and assistant coach. Very involved but not like trying to push kids any way, but looking for a really good situation. And as I talked to them, it was, it was interesting. They were f reflecting back to me. First time we talked, they are like, Coach, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Landon, come on out here, but the way that you're talking and what you're about and, um, and also, you know, the education. Uh, Landon's a well-rounded kid. He's, he's a baller now. He can make shots. He's got a good in-between game. Um, he's developing, but he's also a kid who's just interested and in talking to people, learning about about the world, traveling a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so they were saying to me, he, he sounds like a kid who could really thrive at a place like Fairfield. Where else did you consider in addition to Fairfield? Um, I was considering uh, Cal State Bakersfield, um, UNC Greensboro. Um, and it's kind of funny, the, uh, I was talking to some coaches at BYU, or just one coach, 
And but it, the whole time he was actually recruiting me to go to a school in Louisiana, but he didn't tell me until he like moved school, so it was kind of funny. So I thought I was getting recruited yep. by BYU for a while, but no, that's <laughs> that's the world of college basketball. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> that's right. Welcome to the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna let one shooter uh, land it. I don't know if you know Joe's history. Joe is uh, one of the all-time great uh, scorers and nice. shooters in Fairfield history, a Hall of Famer. Uh, you have a unique shooting style joe when you look at landon as a shooter what do you see as his his best attributes the things that that make it work for him well it's ironic coach you mentioned that uh, Farron flavors kind of led you on to uh, landon and i knew Farron flavors from watching him play and our broadcast i'd be sitting there going why aren't these people these defenders defending his left side because he liked going to his left side better than his right he actually shot the ball on the left side of his head. Anytime he put the ball down after a shot fake, it was to his left. Do you do you like going to your left better than going to your right? Um, well, it's funny. This summer he uh, we worked on that a lot, and it kind of um, it kind of just became not a habit, but it became you know easier, a lot easier to go left. And so now I kind of I kind of like going left. Yeah, so that's, I see that. Yeah. Matter of fact, in in the uh, Ryder game. You had the big lead. Uh, co- they made a couple runs. Coach called a couple of timeouts. One time, Kabalowskis to Kasababu and one great call. The other time, you came off a handoff going left, mm-hmm. and you made a big three. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance to say it because Bob talks too much, but um, <laughs> I said to myself, you got to take away this kid going left. So I, I wasn't just hallucinating. Yeah. I, yeah, that's interesting because last year wasn't that story. It was a different story. Okay. So. Yeah, so. and that's that's part of you know kind of developing his game. So hopefully you know left or right. You right. Know, of he, course. He's confident, but obviously, we know when he puts the ball up, we feel good about it going in. Now you mentioned uh, you played a little. Uh, I mean, your uncle was a um, a football player. Did you have any other sports that you grew up with that you liked and favorite teams? Idolized any players? Um. It's always just been basketball. I mean, there's a picture of me when I was uh, uh, must have been five, six. I was like just in the bed, like sleeping with with a ball, just curled up with the ball. So it's a, it's always been basketball. And uh, I actually tried to play football my senior year of high school, but my basketball coach was so mad at me for trying to do that that um, he just it just didn't happen. So what what position in football would you have seen yourself as? I wanted to be a wide receiver. Um, but I, I went to football practice one day, and then I came back to shoot um, on the shooting machine, and he just he was like, no, if you're going to play football, you can't be in this gym. I guess that was his <laughs> his way of no saying gray area with don't play football. Yeah. What, what about favorite teams or players? Or any, do you idolize anybody growing up? Um, I definitely, uh, these, past, these past years, I really um, like the story of uh, J.J. Redick and Clay Thompson and those guys, and uh, just seeing their story is has been amazing and uh JJ Reddick's uh like faith journey and him going through basketball is just um I don't say I really idolized him I just really respected him and wanted to kind of do it he does okay I have one more question Bob I want to get in regarding actual basketball play I know you got to get going your first 10 games now you came in with reputation and certainly you are a great shooter I know you had a great career in junior college as a shooter your first 10 games you were 37 for 71 from three mm-hmm the last three games, you were 15 for 30. Ione had eight threes. There was two games in there you won, You were one for 10, mm-hmm. okay? And I only ask this because um, 
I think the game today is not taught the way it should be. And I think kids are not getting the messages on how to get better. Mm. Okay. And I think the pressure on kids every level to be good is too great. Okay. How did you get yourself at that slump? Like, what would you tell a young listener? How did, you know, what, what were you thinking about? Did you get down or just tell me what you went through? Yeah. Uh, I think the ups and downs are, are pretty normal, but, uh, just what I've been learning is you gotta you gotta be really diligent with your work, and you have to come in every day, no matter one for twenty, uh, fifteen for fifteen. You gotta do the same things every single day. Um, just have a routine and just trust in in the process, and uh, just be very diligent with your work day in and day out, and just know that it's a blessing that you're able to wake up every day and better yourself. When you miss a shot, two, three, four in a row. Do you at all, does any negative thought ever? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, but you can't really focus on that. It, you got to uh, just say move on to the next one because it's not really about um, you missing a shot or anything. It's about the kind of the team winning and, you know, moving forward. So it's like, all right, I just got to focus on the next one because if you focus on the misses, then it, you're going to miss more. Yeah. Ba- basketball is such a great sport in that respect because when you play baseball, you strike out. You got to wait forty-five minutes to get up, <laughs> yeah. and you sit there and you're thinking you, about it. You yeah. sit and you poop, and you're like, you're miserable. <laughs> in, ba- in basketball, you can miss a wide-open layup, get a steal, and get a three-point play. So yeah, exactly, there's no yeah. reason to get down. I always tell kids when you miss a shot, make an adjustment. That's all. Yeah. Don't think negative. But so good for you. What is your routine? You talk about keep on working, keep on working, sticking to your drills, sticking to your routine. What are the yeah. things you do to uh, keep yourself uh, sharp as a shooter? Um, well, I guess for an example, on game days, I would come in around two uh, two hours early, uh, get one of the coaches or managers to rebound. And I just do uh, – it's funny, uh, Ray Allen came in this, this summer. Yep, um, yep. And friend I, of uh, Tyson Wheeler's, Wheeler's and yeah. uh, caught, Ray caught up Tyson on passing through and he met – visited with the team we tweeted out some stuff uh but he spent uh, an hour 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 45 almost two hours with the guys just talking to him and so uh landon take yeah. from there um well and then so he talked to us about you know the drills that he does and i look some stuff stuff up online and you pretty much just you know you do shoot five from five spots close take two steps back take two steps back and just keep going out to the nba three and that's about and five free throws in between that's about 150 makes before um, about two hours or hour before the game. So that's kind of what I do on game days. And then off days I work with Coach Wheeler or shoot on the shooting machine. So you just got to do something, get in the gym every day and do something. Okay, if I can put in a plug, uh, both for Landon and for Wheels, um, Tyson spends a lot of time uh, with, with Landon sending him film, uh, J.J. Reg- Reddick, uh, Reggie Miller, Clay Thompson, um, some of the stuff that we've watched as a staff in terms of the NBA looks that they try to get shooters, uh, we've been working that into our uh, offense. And then, so that's my plug for Wheeler and how much he's done uh, to help these guys out, Landon in particular. And then Landon as a student, a, a growing student of the game. Um, it's it's not enough to play the game. Spent a lot of time talking about that with this young team. It's not enough just to, you know, tape it up and, you know, do your little warm-up and get your practice jersey on. you got to know the game. And Landon's been really open to coaching in terms of footwork, in terms of setting up his defender, take him this way to come off, um, shoulder-to-shoulder, different angles, timing. Um, so he's really been a student and, and open to that. And there's a good thing going there between uh, Wheels and Landon and our staff. 
um, you know, credit Landon. Credit his faith too. He's a he's a faithful kid. Um, he, he believes in the Lord. He's been uh, he's had a great relationship with his mom and mentors back home. Um, so he's just positive. The last thing I'll say is he fools us a lot. If he ever gets down on his shot, um, he's got a hell of a poker face because you just don't see it. And honestly, he was off against Boston College. That's fair to say, right, yeah, Landon? Definitely. Down to the end, our bench was up, you know, on that eighth, ninth three that he put up that just couldn't find its way down the, um, through the hoop. Our entire bench was up thinking it was going in. So um, we're believers. He's believer. He's a believer. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to capitalize that moving forward. Final thing, uh, Landon, then we'll let you uh, get to work with the rest of your team. The transition for you from junior college to Division One statistically has been incredibly consistent. Your numbers, your shooting numbers, and Coach Johnson has made the point that you are much more than a shooter. But fans look at your shooting numbers and see that you're kind of doing what you did in junior college, and you were the leading three-point shooter in the National Junior College AA last year. So... The transition to Division One, obviously, statistically, the numbers are there, but obviously there have been a lot of challenges that you've had to encounter and overcome as the season moves along. What has that been like, making uh, that kind of a transition and making it, I'm not going to say look seamless, but how have you been able to accomplish that? Yeah, I think uh, I think it, it kind of looks seamless because just behind the scenes, like I'm working with the coaches just – Every day in practice, we're just really putting in as much work as we can. And I think the speed is definitely faster, so I had to get used to that. Um, but that's kind of the same with every level that you move up. So um, just credit that to my coaches and just uh, just working hard. Joe, I think we could spend a lot more time with Landon. Uh, you're a real personable young guy, and uh, we've enjoyed our time with you here. We're going to let you go because, let's see, uh, you're almost late. You have a weightlifting session here yep, yep. Uh, as we speak with the rest of your team. So let's let you get going, and thanks right. very much for spending some time yep. with us here on Open Court. Thanks, guys. appreciate it. But we're not going away coach. just yet. We're going to let Landon uh, head off to work, and uh, – We'll uh, pick it back up with uh, Coach Johnson. And, uh, Coach, I think Landon is a pretty good uh, testament to the kind of kid you like to bring into this program, isn't I, he? I would say so. He's a, he's a really good fit. And it was um, it was clear to us th throughout the recruiting process. Um, fortunately, we had our folks here at admissions, you know, support us and understand we're, we're trying to get Fairfield kids who uh, will, you know, take full advantage of the resources, the education, the network, but they got to be able to play. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to win games. Uh, we're certainly uh, trying to capture a, a MAC championship. Um, and he's been a plus for us with it without, uh, without any question. You mentioned his, uh, his positive attitude and his faith and uh, the great poker face he has. You, your team collectively has had to keep that faith in themselves over the first part of this MAC season. We're going back to what we were talking about earlier, keeping the strong attitude after – the two uh, tough losses against Ryder and Iona. What was your message to the team after the Iona game? I mean, Ryder got away down the stretch. Iona, kind of similar to Ryder, mm -hmm. you up, outplayed them for a good part of the game. Now you're in the locker room. You've had a painful loss. How did you keep themselves uh, – how did you keep the team up, and how did they keep themselves together? Who do you lean on there? Well, there's two things. I don't want to lie to them. So, you know, we, we got to be honest in terms of what happened, you know, what transpired. We came up short a couple times painfully um, in, in 
in some ways where we feel like in some areas where we feel like we can control. So we we want to credit those guys, Iona Ryder, for for beating us and outplaying us. But there's some things that we could control that if we did, the the outcome would have been different. You got to be real with them. You can't you can't lie to them. Um, but then you fall on our principles. We we talk about four things. We talk about loving each other, being good to each other on and off the court. Talk about sharing the basketball. We talk about playing really hard. Okay, diving on the ground for loose balls, charges, rebounds. That's one of those areas where we came up short in certain stretches against those games. And then mental toughness. So it's all fun and good to be a tight collective team on and off the court uh, when you're on a five, six, seven game uh, losing streak. It's a whole nother thing when you're learning how to win and going through the grind of things and giving all you got and coming up short. And then you got a game a couple days later. So that's where we had to call on that 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 one of our four tenets, one of our four principles. Just you know, listen, man. Like like the game's gonna give something back to you if you put a lot into it. So we gotta keep putting a lot into it. Um, and they believe that. They've heard us talk about those four things even before they walked in the door and accepted a scholarship. Okay, so you know when we're in it, in the thick of things, that's not something that's uh, unfamiliar to them. And uh, the spirit of the group is really strong. You know, John's a great leader. Um, I think our staff is, you know, we've been through it. We have some perspective there. We believe in these guys. You said that the game against Niagara wasn't, you didn't get everything you wanted to see. You got the win. Yeah. And you got a convincing win. Yeah. Yet there were some things you kind of alluded to earlier you want to clean up. So as you get ready now for these next couple of games, uh, home against St. Peter's, on the road against Quinnipiac, what specifically are those areas, not of concern, but of emphasis? Well, we, we still I, – I just don't like our turnovers right now, okay? I still think we had too many turnovers, you know? And so that's we, – we've got to get um, – we've got to be better. We've got to be better at reading the situation, um, reading the game, and value, just simply valuing the basketball. You know, it's precious, and you don't want to give it back. So that's, that's one thing that jumps out. Um, but – you know, one of the things I've also told my coaches is that um, in my experience, you know, when you, you have a 20-win season um, or you have something different, um, in those 20 wins, there's something you could have done better. You know what I mean? No, no one's, you know, Duke and Michigan, they're playing really good basketball. They got to tighten up stuff too. You know what I mean? So we're trying to get the result, but we're also embracing the process. Just playing, if we play better and better basketball, the wins are going to come. And that's, what that's why we have confidence in us. We're playing better basketball without a question than we were two months ago. It's, it's not even debatable. But, um, yeah, we, we, we still got to get turnovers down, you know, because uh, I think if we, if we reward ourselves in terms of possessions, uh, you know, we can make some headway. I know Joe was impressed with the improvement in the rebounding. You already talked about this a little bit. The rebounding really was good against Niagara and Joe, we were watching uh, early on last mm. night against Niagara, and uh, Niagara, one of its first possessions, it looked like they had three or four attempts we, after We counted miss. four. Yeah. The stats came back to us at the, at the appropriate timeout, and it said three, and Bob and I disputed that, but that's but for another the day. The point is that Joe and I <laughs> said me. on the air, if it keeps up like this, the Stags are in for another long night, but – and therein lies the full discussion of our first media timeout. Good. Good. <laughs> and, you know? and then it was just a matter of response. Absolutely, a, absolutely. Can't overthink it. It was just a matter of response. Now, you guys nailed it. it. It's a simple game. It's really, really simple. And we zero it in. We say, guys, the last possession of Iona before, um, you know, 
the last possession where we were ahead, okay? And there was a whole lot of stuff that showed up in that possession, and one of the big ones was they missed a shot that we fully contested, and they got the rebound, all right? Powered it in, and there you have it. So I said, and I talked about that, the first media timeout against Niagara. We cannot have gone through that and then start this game and have that be what's going to happen the rest of that rest of the game for two halves. So I think they respond. They knew they they not they knew. But guys, you know what? I'm not so sure um, we we could you know have that lesson if we hadn't gone through some of the pain. I mean that's just kind of what they need to go through. It's their time to grow. I had uh, two keys for the game for you guys, and um, one of them was obviously uh, thrive in the last five, meaning execute in the last five minutes. Well said. Yeah. You didn't need that, okay? You dominated from beginning to end. The second one is win the battle of the bigs. I knew the Niagara team was not a good three-point shooting team. I was worried about the second shots. Yeah. So let's just pinpoint exactly what happened, Coach. You had three or four. You had four. Let's say you had four. Offen- they had four offensive rebounds early in the game. They had six for the game. Yeah. They had six. They only had two more the entire game. And not only does it help uh, in terms of limiting their points, it gets you guys out and running. But Kasababu, 14 rebounds, rebounds, 20 points. Cruz, nine rebounds. Yeah. When you go with a smaller lineup, the four guards, Cruz as your four-man, you need another guy other than Kasababu. Cruz did that, 13 points. And even my man Whipple. Oh, we're laughing. Four, Bob will explain that later. Four <laughs> rebounds, eight points in yeah. 20 minutes. So you did a terrific job. That's great. It was one of those timeouts where there was not a whole lot of X's and O's. No, exactly. It was like, exactly. Uh, like you know. Yeah, probably some stuff we can't, you know, share on air. <laughs> <laughs> Hit know. them high. Hit them low. <laughs> Hit them often. But don't ever let them forget the night they played the Titans. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies. What was the name of that movie? What was the name of that movie? Remember the Titans, Re- yeah. Remember the Titans. <laughs> I'm going off. Joe, you know he wants. You know why he brought up Calvin Whipple's name. No, I happened. don't. No, you please, don't really want to know. I, I think I do want to know, and so so I can have something please. on Joe. <laughs> yeah, for, first of all, you're gonna say why, but I'm gonna lead. And I had I had the busy explain. weekend. I had the Iona game. Yeah, yeah, right. I went to Chicago. We charted with. I did the Seton Hall game. And you were under under the weather a little bit. I, uh, See, I'm helping you out, Joe. Here's the I'm, bottom line: the 20 point lead, right? The big lead. I started to get a little cuckoo, like a little delirious, <laughs> and um, I thought I just I lost it. But it's not about me. But go. Well, uh, yeah. You remember Devo? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, went into I got the, it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Go ahead, no. Give us a bar. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> said. You must, you when must, things go are ahead. going wrong, you must whipple. <laughs> Whip it good. Move ahead and go forward. It's not too late. Coach, welcome to my world here. <laughs> I, can, I can't imagine what Mrs. DeSantis is going through. By the way, you, you did a little uh, rearranging in here. What happened to Jalen Rose? Yeah, well, Jalen's my guy, um, but we did not have – Not anymore. You it, took him down. He's always my guy. My firstborn son is named Jalen for the uh, the incredible and charismatic and highly intellectual Jalen Rose. Um Fab Five Michigan guy. But, yeah, I have a, a, a framed uh, a P letter from my Princeton days and uh, being a three-time captain you there. Gotta, Joe, you got to go back and explain the Jalen Rose Oh, yeah. Yeah, I sit in the same seat every time we do the podcast. From Sydney's office. From Sydney's office. Plus, um, I've always been like an aware type guy. I like to look around and see what – especially – anyway, 
I've always noticed that autographed picture you had framed yeah. from Jalen Rose. The good story behind that. Rob Burke, who I work with at Georgetown, a uh, really good assistant coach, is good friend of John Rob, Thompson sure. thirds, and uh, uh, he's really good to me when I was there. And he was at Peach Jam. He knew that I looked up. I I did idolize Jalen Rose. I mean, that was my guy in in college. Um, at the end of shoot-arounds, when the coach would just kind of let you free shoot, I would take the ball and dribble down the court like him and back my way down to the three-point line and then hoist up one of his threes and jog back. I mean, that was my guy. So everyone who knows me well uh, knows how much I looked up to Jalen. Rob Burke was at Peach Jam, the AAU tournament. He saw Jalen Rose across the way at the gym. He ran over to him. He took out a box score that they print out of some random AAU teams. He said, I got a guy on my staff at Georgetown who thinks the world of you, and he just had a kid and named him after you. Wow. wow. Will you sign this for him? Wow. That dude scribbled it out. Jalen scribbled it out, and I was like, I showed it to my wife, almost had a tear in my <laughs> eye. She's like, we're getting this framed. <laughs> and that's, that's what uh, as that's As long all as we're on a little bit of a Princeton uh, travel uh, travel. Travel log here as we go back to your Princeton days. I was watching um, the CBS studio show the other day and talking to somebody about Tony Gonzalez. Wasn't too familiar with uh, Gonzalez. And I started thinking, I, I was at the game because Fairfield played in the NCAA tournament uh -huh. in 1997. I was on the air doing reports for WFAN kind of as a stringer. So I was doing live updates of your wow. Princeton That's crazy. Cal game. Tony Gonzalez, of course, a great basketball player before he, he became a Hall of Fame tight end. My question is, did you – was he your matchup in that game? Unfortunately, I was stuck on him a couple oh. times. <laughs> now, you can only imagine. I was like 185 at best. Here's a guy yeah. going to the NFL, uh, completely uh, overmatched and overwhelmed. But we played a matchup zone. So um, I, it, we weren't man-to-man. -man. Okay. So at times I had to deal with him. Um, he would catch it, raise over, just jay it in our guys' face. Um, I know I fouled him on a jump shot. I mean, I, I remember that name not fondly. Um, <laughs> you know, we were good that year. It was my senior year. The year before we had knocked off UCLA. Everybody knows about that win. Um, and so we were trying to, re, you know, repeat that and, and maybe go further. And so – uh, they got the best of us. It was a tough way to end my senior year. Um, that team, credit guys like Brian Earl, who's the head coach at Cornell, Mitch Henderson, who's the head coach at Princeton, Steve Goodrich, who um, had a cup of coffee with the Bulls and the Nets. That team went on the following year, and they were ranked top 10 in the country and knocked off a number of teams and uh, beat UNLV in the first round and then lost to uh, Michigan State in the second round. Um, so we had we had a good run with Coach Carrillo and Carmody, mm -hmm. Joe Scott and Thompson and Howie Levy. Those yeah. were phenomenal coaches. We had some good good times. Yeah, and as you said, uh, you guys um, as your in your junior year had that great upset of UCLA, and uh, that was a competitive game. It's not like Cal. That was a very competitive. It game. was. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a blowout, but um, the wrong team won that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that that actually uh, allows us to. You just mentioned a lot of good basketball names there. Let's segue into our overseas report and uh, coach every week you're going to give us uh, a capsule of what some former stags are doing overseas uh, what do you have for us this week happy to yeah so again uh, compliments to eurobasket.com encourage everyone out there 
Um, well, to follow Stags and other players are familiar with, it's a great resource. Um, uh, so my email here, we're looking at Josip Mikulic, a kid who played for us a year and then transferred back, or actually just went back home um, and started his pro career. He had 15-7 and seven in 18 minutes uh, this past week, um, and it was a game between uh, two of the top four teams uh, ranked over there uh, in, in the Czech Republic. Uh, his team's 10-6, and six, and they're in fourth place, and he's clocking in at almost 10 points a game and uh, almost four rebounds a game. Uh, Amadou Sidibi, our guy. Uh, from uh, uh, New York City, uh, Cardinal Hayes, great, great young man. Uh, he had a, a double-double, 12 and 16. Uh, Lusit Lusitania in Portugal, mm -hmm. they're at 6 and 6. Um, Amadou's averaging a double-double. He's averaging 15 nice. points, 11 rebounds. He's on, he's, you know, I'm sure they're going to have a heck of a run. He'll have a bevy of options um, at the end of the season. He's kind of on the trajectory of, of, of Derek and Rakim, uh, and Marcus. Mm -hmm. Marcus um, is averaging 13-3-1 and one in 15 games. Um, he was the MVP of his most recent game. He had 21 points. Um, he's playing for uh, Palma in Spain, and uh, he is kind of on that track of just solidly just scoring. He gets buckets. Um, it just comes naturally for him. Um, he really, he really did work hard uh, this, this uh, in his career here to develop that part of his game. Can I ask you about his brother? Yeah, who was one of the finest young men we've ever encountered here at Fairfield. Malcolm, yeah, big guy, basketball career not off the charts, but as great a guy as we ever ever encountered here at Fairfield. What's he up to right I'm now? I'm glad you asked about him. I got a call from him um, about three, three weeks ago. Um, he wanted to get in touch with the, uh, and this is a plug also for Fairfield, he wanted to get in touch with the career services people because he had a great relationship with them and he wanted some help updating his resume. He said, Coach, I want to get in touch with the folks over there. Um, how you doing? Great to hear from you. Uh, great to hear your voice, all that. So we caught up a bit. He's working for his father who has his own insurance company back home. Okay, so he's doing work uh, for dad, um, but he's looking into some other options. Um, uh, career-wise, and so he just wanted to kind of fine-tune his resume and put himself in the best spot. So it's a great opportunity to catch up with him and get updated on what he's doing. Um, and uh, like you said, there's there's not a there's not a person that comes across. The professors here were raving about him. They're like, you know, we we I don't know basketball that much, coach, but I can tell you he's one of the finest young men, one of the most engaging students that we've ever had, and uh, he really left a, a fine legacy here. Okay, uh, we'll wrap it up by asking you uh, your thoughts uh, as you get ready for St. Peter's. Some people will be listening to this after you actually have played St. Peter's, uh, and you're also going to play Quinnipiac on the road this weekend. Um, your thoughts, the way you're getting the Stags ready for your next two MAC games? Yeah, we're we're just we're trying to take it uh, one game at a time. That that cliche, it's it's really worked for us. Just just kind of be locked in on the present. So. With St. Peter's, they play extremely hard. Um, Shaheen's got them playing with just a, a swagger and a toughness that's um, that's impressive. Um, they're going to extend their defenses at times. Um, they're going to switch up their defenses. Um, they're they're playing well inside out. They've got a couple big forwards, so you know that's going to be a key to uh, zero in on in terms of the rebounding. Um, but they also have some athletic guards as well, uh, so we have to take care of the ball. So there's. There's not, it's not, nothing new for us. We've got to take good shots um, and hopefully make them. We've got to uh, take care of the basketball. 
uh, and we got to battle defensively on the on the uh, on the boards. All right, we just can't get beat up. And so competing, competing, competing is going to be a consistent theme. Um, we're going to try to get through uh, whatever we've got to do to prep for them and play the game, and then we'll focus on uh, Quinnipiac. Obviously, film-wise, we're doing all that work, but we're just trying to have the guys lock in on the Peacocks for now. Final things, Joe? Yeah, I do. I just uh, very proud moment for me last night as a Fairfield alum to see how you and Paul Schlickman and whoever else was involved with Mark Ribzik. And for those people who don't know what I'm talking about, Mark Ribzik uh, was in his fifth or sixth year as an assistant at Niagara's Connecticut kid, played at Central Connecticut. In August, he was diagnosed uh, with cancer in a, in a very late stage and um, has had some battles. And the way you guys recognized him, I just like I said, I was really that was really special. And uh, Fairfield, all Fairfield people should be very proud of, of uh, you know, the moments that they paid attention to uh, to Mark. And, uh, you know, the NCAA coaches do a terrific job of coaches versus cancer. Hopefully we all can help, you know, and Fairfield obviously did. I know he was very appreciative helping this guy, you know, praying for him for some good times down the road as he battles this uh, terrible thing. Yeah, it's well said, Joe. And how, how did that quickly – how did that come about, Coach? Paul uh, – Peeked in him. We we get together about every couple of weeks, and uh, he peeked in on me, and he said, "Sid, you know, I, I know you're familiar with uh, Mark's situation. I actually texted Mark um, minutes before going out to the Boston College game um, because I was like, dang it, I I, I got to connect with my guy. Uh, we don't have a long relationship, um, but but he's a really good person, mm -hmm. uh, and, we, and we've battled and battled on the court, but he's he's a good dude. So." Um, Paul came in and said, you know, our Niagara game's coming up. What do you think about doing something uh, for Mark? And I was like, say no more. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever you guys got cooked up, like, um, uh, we're, we're all in. So we thought about um, getting some shirts, putting them on, um, you know, two teams coming together, showing their support to beat a, a terrible d disease, but to show love and support for a really good person. Um, I would just say to Mark personally, um, he's just – all of this love and support is because of who he is as a as a guy. You know what I mean? You don't you don't do this for someone that hasn't made an impression on your life. And so just even as a someone who's competing with him, I'm like I respect how he goes about his business, and he's got family and friends who are pulling for him. Um, our our listeners should know he is doing pretty well. He he said that to me. We we had a good conversation before the game. He's a fighter and he's battling it. Um, so God bless Mark, and I know he's going to keep fighting. And then I would just say for our guys, it's a full education that they're getting, Joe. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you um, acknowledging Paul in, in, in my small role, but it's they're getting a full education. Um, you know, we got to be good the last four minutes of a game. We got to battle, things like that. We got to take care of our books. We've got a number of guys on the honor roll. And then there's just life, like yep. just how to, how, to be, how to be good to people, you know, and how to be able to pass it forward. And eventually these guys are going to be – you know, leading their families and hopefully leaders in the community. And a night like that is, is really going to make an impression on them, I think, years down the road. Great stuff, Coach. Uh, appreciate uh, your time, as always. Uh, we'll let Joe uh, work on his next tune, whatever that may be. He uh, serenaded us the other day with You Must Whipple It. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, let, him, uh, let him come up with his next creative Can You Name That Tune. And that'll be during, well, let's see, the Stags have St. Peter's. And then they have Quinnipiac. When we come back next week, we'll be talking about those two games and then getting you ready for another couple of MAC games. The Stags, uh, when we talk to you next, we'll be getting ready for games at Monmouth 
and at home against Canisius. Coach, thanks as always. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Joe, great job as always. This has been Open Court with Coach Sidney Johnson, Joe DeSantis, I'm Bob Huesler. Let's see if I can get that name right. We got Talia Farrell, right? <laughs> right. I'm Bob Huesler. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.